Hi everybody, I'm Athena and welcome back to Finding Flow podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring women to become the healthiest and happiest versions of themselves that they can possibly be. Join me each week as we talk about all things to do with women's health, nutrition, periods, hormones, mindset and all of that good stuff. If you enjoy the podcast and you find it really helpful, then I would absolutely love for you to support me by leaving me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and also a rating on Spotify. Hi everybody and welcome back to Finding Flow. Today I'm joined by a lovely woman called Megan Edinger and she is a mum a mum of three children, and she first became a mum at the age of 18. And she openly shares about her experiences with anxiety and depression, and how taking care of your physical and mental health is so, so important during and after pregnancy. She's here to normalise all parts of motherhood and tell you the stuff that nobody tells you. She has her own podcast and also an Instagram account where she helps other mums to really sort of navigate the pregnancy and post-birth periods. So in today's episode, we spoke all about her pregnancy story and how pregnancy can really change your physical and mental health and how you can really deal with these changes in your body and the difficulties that pregnancy can bring. We also spoke about postnatal depression and how you can overcome your depression if it is something that you are dealing with and how movement can be such a great thing when it comes to dealing with anxiety and depression during pregnancy and after pregnancy. So with that, let's welcome Megan. So hello, Meg. Are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, your journey into motherhood? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, So my journey into motherhood was um, rather quick. Um, I got pregnant with my first when I was still a senior in high school. So when I graduated, I was actually seven months pregnant with him. Um, My boyfriend and I turned 18 just right before we had him. So um, there was a lot of chaos. There was a lot of like, where are we going to live? How are we going to do this? That type of thing. And I didn't really have time to figure out like to do any of that self-discovery, like who am I? What do I need? Um, what kind of routines do I like? I went from, you know, living in my mom's house and having the routine of school and sports and those types of things to, um, essentially being on my own with my boyfriend and this baby trying to figure out just like how to survive basically. Um, And so over the next couple of years, we hustled really hard to find good jobs and go to school and, you know, be able to pay for daycare and all of these things. Um, And we had, we ended up having two more children um, before we turned 24. So it was all rather quick. It's still a bit of a whirlwind when I look back on it. Um, But that's, that's pretty, that's the short version of, you know, how I became a mom and, you know, what it was like for me. Yeah, wow, thank you for sharing that. It's it's a crazy story, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy, but then I guess there are a lot of people that age who are having children now and you know, it's it's 
there isn't really like a normal age to have children anymore. You know, some people want to have them young. Some people want them when they're older. Some people just get pregnant like by accident. They don't, they're just kind of thrown into it a bit like you were thrown into it. So you mentioned that it was kind of, you know, it's obviously a big change having a baby. And especially if it's something you haven't properly prepared for or planned, Mm -hmm. what were the biggest challenges that, you and your boyfriend face at the time maybe during the pregnancy and also after the pregnancy yeah that's a great question um there were a ton of them I would say mainly our biggest challenges were trying to figure out like who we were and what our values were and if they lined up um and so there were a lot of things like I was refusing to get married at the time because I wanted to make sure that I really wanted to marry him and not just that we were getting married just because we were having a baby together um there were things like you know we need health insurance for the baby um here in the states that's a that's a big deal um and you get health insurance through employment um but to get those kinds of jobs you need to have some kind of skill or education um which neither one of us had so that was very stressful um and then just like how do we live our day-to-day life who's responsible for what um you know all of those types of things while we're still trying to figure out like who we are as individuals um that was all very stressful yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't have my own kids, so I can't really I can't really <laughs> put myself in your shoes back and definitely imagine the struggles. I feel like I feel like those are struggles that, you know, all parents will probably go through or similar, mm-hmm. but it's a bit different when, you know, you've kind of spoken about with your partner. Oh, so when we have kids, like how do you want to do things? Whereas if you're just thrown into it, it's it's a lot at all at once, especially at quite a young age. Yeah. So how you know, were there certain things that you did to try and overcome these challenges? How did you and your boyfriend come to an agreement, say on marriage or on the health insurance? Like, what did you do to overcome the challenges? So many conversations. (laughs) So many conversations. Um, There were, and plans changed so frequently. And I had the mindset and I still kind of do have the mindset um, just to give you perspective. My oldest is now 17 um, and our younger two are 11 and 13. So it's been, we've been at this for almost 18 years and um, together for almost 20. And, um, you know, we have the mindset we had it then and we have it now that you just have to be open-minded and you have to be willing to try things um, and just, you know, see how it works out for you. Um, You know, sometimes we, we, go after things that are like very much out of reach for us. Um, and they work out because we work towards them. You know, it takes us several years to get there. Um, but we have the audacity to try things and to go for things that maybe shouldn't work out on paper. Um, so that's, that's something that I really value in the two of us and our relationship and the way that we face life together. Um, but as far as everything else is concerned, it was just so many conversations. Like for example, we were both supposed to go to college. Um, I obviously was not going to go anymore. I was going to stay local with my mom. Um, and I really encouraged him to go to school. Um, because I had a big fear that he would regret it later if he didn't. 
And I didn't, I didn't want to be the reason that he didn't go to school. Um, and so that was a big, we clashed over that a lot because he wanted to be more involved. He didn't want to go away to school. He wanted to be home. Um, and so then it was like, okay, well, I can't go get a job that is going to pay enough for me to put my baby in daycare and give me health insurance and have like any money left over after that. So, um, we made the decision that he would go get a full-time job with health insurance. He carried himself and the baby. Um, and I was able to stay on my mom's health insurance for one more year. So we had that year to kind of figure out like what we were going to do. Um, for a while, I worked at the mall at nighttime just to have like some sort of income so we could pay for like diapers and, and those sorts of things. Um, and then eventually I was able to find like a big girl job that, that offered me benefits and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in that, finding that job, we had to relocate as a family. So that was another really big decision and conversation that we had to have about like, where do we want to live? Do we want to live close to your family? My family had moved about two and a half, two hours away at this point. So, um, you know, selfishly, I was okay with moving away and, and being close to my family, but I knew that that was kind of an unfair position to put him in. Um, and so we just, we had so many conversations about so many things. Um, and we still continue to do so today. Yeah. So many things to think about. It's, it's really crazy to hear you talk about, um, you know, getting health insurance and different plans because in the UK, you know, we kind of take that for granted. We, yeah. when you have a child, if anything, you, you get more benefits. So you get, you know, free meals and vouchers and that kind of thing. I don't know too much about it because obviously I've not been right. through it, but um, my mum's a midwife. So I kind of know they definitely get like sort of bits and bobs. So it's really, it's really like, quite eye-opening to hear you talk about you know having to struggle to find health insurance and move in locations to get jobs to get the insurance and it's it's just like one thing after another isn't it and there are so many different challenges that new parents have to face mm -hmm. but aside from the sort of challenges that both you and your partner dealt with together what were some of the challenges that you went through in terms of you know, watching your body physically change, maybe the the side effects of pregnancy, the mental changes that might have occurred, maybe run through some of those. Yeah, I love that question. So before I got pregnant, I was blessed with a very good metabolism. <laughs> um, so I never really worried, and I hate even saying it, but I never really worried about what I ate, how much I ate. Um, I just ate whatever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, I was an athlete and I always had, um, a body that was like a society standard. Right. Um, so I never worried about my weight, what I ate, like none of that was ever like in my mind or a concern at all. Um, when I got pregnant, I, um, I still didn't worry too much about what I ate, but looking back, my habits definitely changed. Um, I went from eating, you know, a lot of home cooked meals to eating out a lot because I was, while I was pregnant, I was working as much as I could to save up as much money as I could, because I knew I wasn't going to be working for, you know, quite a while. Um, and so instead of like grocery shopping for myself and packing food, I would, you know, hit the drive-through or the diner or the food court or whatever. Um, and I would eat it all, you know, because I was 
you know, eating for two, that whole thing, um, which is kind of, that's not really how it is. <laughs> um, but I didn't know that. And so I, I, my habits around food definitely changed. And then as far as like exercise and body movement, I never exercised outside of um, what I did for my sport. So during the season, we had, you know, obviously practice every day and games and all that kind of stuff. But in the off season, we also had um, strength and conditioning and, you know, additional practices. So whether we were in season or not, I was still working out, you know, three days a week, most of the time. Um, and I went from that to, you know, not even going for a walk at all. Um, and so that was a, a big shock to my system as well. And what that meant for me personally was two things. Number one, um, everybody told me that because of my age, that the baby weight was just going to melt right off. I was just going to, you know, get right back into shape, you know, in the blink of an eye, that was a lie. Um, and then number two, because I was so used to being so active all the time, when I, when I made that shift to not really being active at all, it really took a toll on my mental health. Um, but when I was in it, it was really hard to see all of that because I was just so overwhelmed with everything else that was going on. I was in survival mode and I just thought that, you know, moms are tired and moms have bodies that they're not happy with. And that's just, that's just the way that it is. And I didn't, I accepted it in the fact that like, I didn't try to do anything about it, but I didn't accept it in the fact that I wasn't happy and I didn't like love myself or love the body that I was in, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's, I think that side of pregnancy is definitely not spoken about very much. You know, mm -hmm. people, most people are really, really happy when they're pregnant as they should be. Um, and, you know, there's this focus on, oh, you're a new mom or, you know, you're a yeah. second time mom or whatever, but nobody really talks about the potential effects that it has on, you know, the way you view yourself and, mm -hmm. you know, your mental health. And I, th I think a lot of people know about postnatal depression, but not many people speak about sort of depression or changes to your mental health during the pregnancy. So is, is, is postnatal depression something that you suffered with, or do you know other mums that might have suffered with it? That's a great question. Um, I definitely struggled a little bit with postpartum depression. Um, at the time I didn't really recognize it and I didn't seek help. Um, even at my, here in the States, we go for like a six week checkup after you have a baby and they like, they check you out, you know, physically. And then they ask you like, do you have any of these feelings like the mental health screening? Um, and it's like, yes, I need help or no, I don't. Um, and because of the stigma around mental health and depression, I, I lied and said, Nope, I feel great. Everything's fine. Um, and so I didn't get the help that I needed. And lucky for me, I did have a very mild version because mental health is a spectrum. It, it affects you in um, so many different ways. Everybody's different. Um, for me, it was very mild and it was something I was able to work through on my own. But the scary thing is um, it could have easily been very different. And, you know, I, I did have a mental health, you know, struggle much later in life that um, I refused to get help for. And it was a scary place to be. And if I had an infant at that time, like, you can see, like you hear stories in the news and stuff about like 
moms that hurt themselves or their babies and it, it gets really bad. And it's because, you know, there's a stigma and moms, especially here in the States, we are not supported in the way that, um, you know, we could be in, you know, we have to work, we have to, you know, trust somebody else with our baby, we have to, um, you know, have it all together, we have to, you know, lose the baby weight, like all of these things we're supposed to do, according to society, and we're supposed to do it all with a smile on our face. Um, you know, a lot of us don't have support from our partners, like, it's just hard being a mom in general is hard. And then you add a mental health concern on top of it. And it just, it's exponentially more challenging. And if you don't have the right support system around you. And if you're afraid to ask for help, um, it can get really bad really quickly. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, there are so many different things going on in your life. You've got a new baby that takes up so much of your time. And especially if you're a new mom and you're not, you've not been through the process, you're not like a hundred percent sure what you're doing. Yeah. And obviously in the U S you, you know, like you said about the health insurance, you, you don't get maternity pay, do you in the US? No. Yeah. So honestly, like it just baffles me because everything is so different in the UK. And yeah. I feel like mums in the UK get a lot of support. Um, so, but even then, obviously that's not the only factor that plays into depression. Right. Um, because, you know, people get postnatal depression in the UK as well. So it's, it's obviously there's a lot more going on. And I think a lot of it is to do with what you mentioned about having so many different pressures and maybe not getting the support that you need at that time. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to, to sort of overcome your mild depression and really improve your mental health and also, you know, your body image and confidence after you gave birth? Yeah. So the first time I, I recognized that, you know, something was wrong was when I was driving myself and the baby we were going to my mom's house. It was a two hour drive and I rode the complete way in total silence, no music, no nothing. And it was like a beautiful fall day where like under normal circumstances, I would have had the windows down, the sunroof open, music all the way up, singing, dancing all the way. Like that's how I am. Um, and so I got almost all the way to my mom's house and I realized my radio wasn't even on. <laughs> um, like that's weird. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I haven't been myself in a lot of ways, actually. Um, and so at that moment, I was like, okay, Megan, from now on, every single time you get in the car, you are going to turn on your radio and you're going to turn it up. Um, and that's how I started. And it was just like very small things that I would notice. Um, I started going for walks. I started to, to like recognize like, what did I used to do and like and enjoy that I'm not doing anymore. And I tried to start incorporating more of those things into my life. Um, and I think that's the key, especially for moms, you know, when we have a baby, whether it's our first baby or our 17th baby, um, all of our effort goes into our babies. Um, and we kind of forget that we are a person that has needs um, and that we deserve to have those needs fulfilled, even if that means time away from our kids or going to bed early or sleeping in or, um, you know, whatever it is, you matter and your needs matter. And you, to, like, when you treat yourself 
like someone who deserves to be a full, complete, happy person, you are a much better mom because you have so much more to give. Right. And I feel like a lot of us were, we were conditioned to believe that like, we have to give everything we have to our kids and to our spouse. Um, and that really sets you up for failure in a lot of ways. Um, so I think it's really important to just pay attention. Once you get out of that, like survival mode, like your first couple of days, your first couple of weeks, you know, you don't know what day it is. You don't know what weighs up You're sleep deprived, all of that. But once you come out of like that fog, that should be a temporary, um, situation. Like eventually you have to, like, you get into a routine, you start to know your baby. Like once you get to that space, I would say, then it's time to like, start to remember who you are and what you need. For sure. Yeah. How did you deal with, um, or I guess, how did you find the time in your schedule to actually do the things for yourself? Because I'm sure being a mom is it's basically a full-time job. Mm -hmm. How did you sort of set aside time to do the things that you wanted to do? Yeah, that's another great question. Um, first of all, I have an amazing partner. Um, and so, you know, a few years down the line when he would see, you know, for my, one of my things, like I mentioned earlier is I have to move my body. I have to, or like, the energy gets like trapped inside of my body and I don't know what to do with it. And it manifests in anxiety, um, sometimes depression, all of those types of things. And so, um, you know, but moving my body takes time and effort and energy. Um, and you know, that's not always a resource that we have available to us, but I, I have a partner that was able to say like, why don't I take the kids and why don't you go for a run? <laughs> um, and so that was something that, you know, and he still does things like that for me. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Number one, to surround yourself with a great support system. Um, but number two, um, I've learned more recently that I need to be self-aware to understand like what I need um, so that I can fulfill my own needs. But then I also need to be self-aware enough to know like when someone asks me, what can I help you with? Or what do you need right now? I need to be able to give them an answer because what was happening for us a lot was, you know, I would be in this like anxious state and my husband would say, what can I do to help? And I would be so annoyed that he couldn't just jump in and help that I would dismiss him completely. Um, and that wasn't fair to him, certainly. And it really wasn't fair to me either because now he's watching his wife in distress and he's like, he's getting yelled at really. Um, and I am carrying all the burden and all the stress and not like sharing that load. Um, and so I really had to take time. I had to go to therapy. I had to do a lot of journaling. Like I had to do a lot of self-reflection to figure out, okay, Megan, sometimes you need to do these things for yourself. You need these things in your routine every day. You need these things throughout your week. Um, and I had to learn what those were. And then additionally, I had to ask myself like, okay, when you're in these types of situations, like where is your anxiety most likely to spike? And in those situations, what, what do you need from your partner? How can he make it easier for you? Um, and that has made such a difference because I'm so much more proactive about my mental health now. A hundred percent. I love that you, you recognized that something needed to change mm -hmm. and especially with your um, partner you know the the idea that you were sort of 
dismissing his offer to help. I think that's something a lot of women out there will probably be able to resonate with, you know, not even just in terms of um, helping after pregnancy and birth, but just in general, like communication can be so difficult. And it's, it's a lot of the time it's tough to accept help, even when you really want it and you need it. And the second thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned is the uh, moving your body. So I wanted to ask about how your movement changed during pregnancy and how, so sort of like what forms of exercise did you actually do? And how did you then sort of adapt your routine after you'd given birth? So you said you like to maybe run. Is that something that you had to sort of stop doing during pregnancy and how did you sort of build yourself back up to a normal you know or your usual exercise regime yeah um so when I was in high school no I did not like to run that was a punishment um you know when you're late to practice when you're goofing off whatever your coach would always make you run so I hated running back then um and I didn't like I said for my first pregnancy I didn't have like a routine I had like a coach Right. And so I didn't have that anymore. Um, and so I spent years really just kind of not knowing what to do, um, kind of trying different things, but not really. Um, and it wasn't really until later, right before I had my second that I got into running. I started with the couch to 5k program. Um, I love it. If you are interested in, you know, picking up running at all, I definitely recommend that program. Um, And I really, really loved it. And it's 30 minutes a day and it gets you from like, just like a mile to, you know, three miles and it's walking and running intervals. Um, And this was back before smartphones. They have all kinds of apps now, but when I did it, I had to like write my intervals down on like my hand. (laughs) Um, But so I started running, I started like understanding nutrition and food quality and all of those types of things. And so I was kind of getting into a routine Um, And then I got pregnant. And back then the mindset was that like, basically if you were pregnant, you couldn't exercise. You had to really take it easy. Um, And there wasn't a lot of access to social media or different resources like there is now. Um, And so I believed it, which is fine. Um, But I did walk a lot because I, like I said, I still knew that I needed to move my body and I really do like to be outside as well. Um, So I'd walk every day on my lunch break. I would walk you know, with the baby after dinner. Um, and that's what I would do. And then, you know, after I was much more active after I had the baby too. So even in the first couple of weeks, I was still like outside a lot, walking a little bit, um, until, you know, I was cleared for more exercise and then I'd walk a little bit quicker, a little bit further distance. Um, and then eventually when I felt like it was time, then I started the couch to 5k program all over again, which was a little bit defeating because I'd already completed the program. Um, but you really just have to meet yourself where you are. And, um, what I found especially too, is to not compare yourself to a prior version of yourself, because when you're coming out of a pregnancy, like that is a big deal. Your body just worked really, really hard and you are not going to be able to run the same 5k time that you did, you know, before you got pregnant and that's okay. Um, and that's even if you, if you continue to run throughout your pregnancy, um, chances are you, you had to change your pace by the end. You had to, you know, run slower, maybe run not as far. Um, and so when you get back into it again, you can't just pick up 
you know, where you were at your peak, you have to work your way back up to that. And that can be really frustrating. So important what you said about, you know, not comparing yourself to where you were, because it's very easy to do that, especially when, especially when you're, you know, you've worked your way up to a 5k within a certain amount of time. And then just to sort of lose all your progress and then have to start from the bottom again, it can, it can probably be very disheartening. And it's, even though you know that it's all been for a reason because you've got a beautiful child at the end of it, it's, it doesn't make it any easier sometimes to sort of deal with those changes. And I love that you mentioned walking because that is something that is so accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's free to do, you can go walk around the block and it's quite low impact. So it's not going to be too much stress for you during pregnancy, but it's also great after pregnancy when you're getting back into that movement. So I really love that you suggested that and it's definitely something that everybody can do. Yeah. Especially if it's nice out, you know, put the baby in the stroller, do it at nap time, you know, um, it's just, you know, especially if you live in a nice area, like all of those things. And like you said, it's, it's accessible for a lot of people. I know not everyone, not during all times of the year. Um, but I think that it's a really underutilized, um, form of exercise. Yeah. I could not agree more with that. It's, you know, it's, I think it is very underutilized and it's very easily dismissed. And I think that's Mm -hmm. because people think, oh, well, it's easy. So is it really exercise if it's easy? Don't you have to hate exercising? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, it's, yeah, it can be so, so great. And, you know, if it is a really nice day outside, you can get outside, take your baby with you. You get in the fresh air, the sunlight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not just your physical health. It's also your mental health that you're going to get the benefits from even just walking. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's such a great way to move your body. So that is the end of the podcast. But before we go, could you let everybody know like where they can find you? Um, you know, if you've got a website or social media, uh, let everybody know where they can find you online. Sure. Thank you. Um, I have a podcast. It's called the No BS Mama podcast. You can listen wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, unless you're on YouTube, I'm not on YouTube quite yet. Um, and then I'm most active on Instagram. So it's at Megan.Edinger. I love the name of your podcast, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I will, um, I'll link that as well as your um, Instagram in the show notes so people can like find you and listen to your podcast. Thank you so much, Megan. It's been a great conversation today. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. So that is the end of the episode today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed, please leave me a review and a rating on Spotify and Apple. Connect with me on Instagram at Finding Flow Podcast. And if you're interested in watching my podcast episodes, I'm now uploading them onto YouTube. So just type in Finding Flow Podcast or my name and they should pop up. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.